this is very fun to see. You can see Pasternak's more towards the top of the circle, and it's close to the puck here. Whereas this defenseman for the Flyers is close to the hash mark, the dotted line here, but if he had to race to the puck, he's going to lose to Pasternak every time. Pasternak's already got the speed going towards the puck, whereas this player over here is coming, oh, he's coming up this way. He has to go down and then across, whereas Pasternak's picking the puck up in stride and coming down into net. If you followed the marker and not what I was saying, you're just as fucked up as I am because I was trying to do it off the screen. But so... I don't know. Hello, hello, hello. This is Cam from Cam's Varied Week, which is also sometimes called CBW by me when I'm feeling lazy. Uh, this is, I may be mildly annoyed through this whole video because this is number two. Uh, that I've had to take today uh, because like I think I said in the intro if I made a good enough intro there forgot to plug the mic in very fun stuff uh, I even did my classic check to make sure I actually should probably double check that it's plugged in this time yes I did my double check to make sure the light was on that it, the microphone itself was on it was I thought green means go let's get this no, not what that means. Uh, I found out 35 minutes after starting that I was very much going to have to do 35 more minutes of CBW. Which wasn't that bad, just means I get to talk more. Uh, it is rough though because I started the editing process and I had to listen to myself very, very quietly and go, is my speaker low? What happened to my speakers? Because I knew the mic was on. Micer microphone was on, but it wasn't. It was on. wasn't plugged in. Good job, Cam. Here we are. Uh, take two. Everything should be good this time. It's all right though. I also knocked over the cameras like halfway through the last one and just decided to keep going. So it's really not the worst thing in the world. Could be a, a positive annoyance that we get out of this. It's one of my doors making a noise. Cam could get stabbed live on video, yeah! But let's just hope it was the wind, not a home intruder. Anyway, uh, this week's episode is brought to us by the same hairstylist who was our sponsor last week, uh, whoever is on Stranger Things. I believe I'm going to... Uh, if I can make it work, I'm going to put myself right in between the two kids uh, because I no longer I have these flary out parts, which way too cool for little Will Byers. Uh, before this started puffing out here, I've looked very much like I mean I can gotta get it there. I'm Will Byers, um, but with the flares it's harder. So I'm going to put myself I'm right in between a Mike and a Will Byers now. So here we are, right in between the two. I think they have scared faces. We'll find out. So that's that. That is uh, our hair shout out today. I don't think I've sworn. I swore a lot towards the end, so I'm really, really anticipating a lot of swears here. 
but I think I got them all out of my system. Miss Goosey! So, last week I talked about how I would probably focus on the MLB more. Not going to happen. Uh, I really, really like diving into the NHL, and I got very fortunate with the two... No, sorry, I did this in the last video too. Three games that I watched this week. Uh, I watched three games, and one of them managed to have all the nice little things I had talked about. Almost all. One of the penalties I just rewatched was a little bit harder than I first said it was. But still, either way, we're going to dive right into it. Tim Peel's gone. We don't care about him. Bye bye. We have uh, this. Most of these clips that I'm going to show, and by most of them, I mean all of them. I don't think I pulled clips from any other video. Uh, but these clips are coming from the Pittsburgh fellow state native hockey team, the Philadelphia Flyers. God, really corkscrew myself there. Uh, against the Boston Bruins on sun Saturday, Sunday. I don't know. It was one of the days. It was, it was all right. I think it was Saturday. Anyway, uh, these little Flyers, I talked about how there were some penalties at the end of the last game, or not at the end of the last game, but towards the end of TV broadcasting times. Uh, so when they go to commercial breaks, a lot of times you'll see uh, penalties called and they don't really give highlights or explanations. The commentators might say, oh, a little bit of a rough there at the end of that, but otherwise they just kind of gloss over it. Well, in this game, uh, Bruins Flyers again, uh, a lot of things went down before the first period even ended, but definitely before the first or second period started. So in the first period, we had a penalty against, I don't know his first name, Lausanne, could be Travis, a lot of Travises later on. Uh, but Lausanne, Trevor Lausanne maybe, either way, he, like, it was definitely a penalty. I'm not trying to say it wasn't a penalty. And before, I was saying that a lot of these things happened in the game, and they don't get called because they happen so often, so it's just kind of odd for this one to be called a penalty. Uh, I have the clip here. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do a cut-in or what, but the clip there shows that I mean, he 100% punched the guy in the face. Uh, but you can look after the whistle, and it is happening less and less now because, I'm assuming, because instances like this where they're like, wow, you really didn't call this, but you called this one, especially with Tim Peel getting a, a even-up call to get him out of the league. Also, he swore on a hot mic. That's probably also what got him kicked out of the league, not just the even-up call. But anyway, there was a call. Travis Lazan, Trevor Lazan, whatever his first name is, he comes in and he gets cross check in the back and then he turns around to just kind of give me a, you know, wow, 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 wow. And um, he catches whoever the Philadelphia player is in the face. Just bah, right up here. It hurts. Ouch. But again, if you watch hockey regularly, you'll see after the whistle, especially towards when they're at each other's nets, because that's where most whistles happen, there are scrums, you know, people hitting each other, uh, players getting each other's faces. You know, it's not always like a uh, blatant punch like it was this time, but it, there, there are definitely punches that get thrown. As long as gloves don't get dropped, usually they don't call penalties. Well, they called a penalty, and again, you'll see this one was a lot faster than I... Had anticipated he does like he's full speed he turns around he hits him in the jaw 
it's a penalty. But they don't show review, uh, replays. Re reviews, replays. They don't talk about it. I think the comment. I don't even think the commentators said before. Uh, I know it's hard to when you're going into a TV time. I'll be like, oh, and that's a rough, and then you cut out. I know that's probably not going to happen. But even when they come back, they say, oh, and Lausanne's in the box for a rough, and there's no replay. It's just like, what the heck? Uh, that did lead to a goal, which you know, Bruins lost anyway. It's not the worst thing, but still, it's like uh, it's kind of a tough, tough situation. These are the penalties that you know we're going to focus in on, and you don't even get a review. The, of the play, like it's just kind of like, hey, what the heck? Uh, still a penalty. Eh, no, not too upsetting. Not the best example of it, but a good example of the context at least. Anyway, we're still in the first period. Technically, we are in between the first and the second periods. So the second period hasn't started. We are just at the end of the first period. They already hit us up with this play of the game. Oh, I'm by Konechny. This one's Travis. This one I know. Uh, not a bad goal. But, like, the play of the game, a tie-up goal in the first period. And I think, I know one of the, I, I believe this was the event strength goal. But either way, right, like, it's, it's so crazy that you'd be putting a play of the game in the first period. And it's a rebound goal. Like, he had an open net. It doesn't make sense. Uh, then, I believe this was actually in the second period. This is one, yeah, I, I, again, the timestamps on it. Wow, wherever it comes up. Connor Clifton, Bruins defenseman, does a nice sliding blocked pass. Uh, which, it again, you, you'll see in the replay, it doesn't look super impressive. But, I mean, I mean, if you understand hockey, you understand how fast everything's going. I think I have the replay where it shows the speed of the play. It's quick. You can look really dumb getting down and trying to block a pass while you're sliding. So yes, it was hard. But, I mean, to call that not even halfway through the game? Just, uh, it's just frustrating. There goes that microphone. We don't need that there. So, I, those are the things that just kind of get me, they arc me a little bit. And it'd be fine, you know, if that held up. And it's like, yeah, this is definitely the play of the game throughout the whole game but here's where it gets fun later on i believe this is also in the second period i don't have the hit of the game replay i was very upset about that uh, but they did have an ultimate play of the game which i didn't check the timestamp. i believe this happened in the third period not at the end of the game i know it didn't happen at the at the end of the game i just can't remember if it was between the second and third periods, or if it was actually in the third period. I believe it was in the third period, but I know for a fact it was before the end of the game. You got the BMW ultimate play of the game. Pointless. And it wasn't, it was not, which I guess would, you would hope that two different plays of the games would be two different plays of the game. But how can you have two different plays of the games? It's just like, what the heck? Uh, oh, fucking right. I can swear like a motherfucker. I can always swear like a motherfucker this rules of life but anyway just what like why why you know we get you want ads we get that you're nbc oh that's the other thing i'm 99 percent sure that this only happens on nbc uh sports because local stations 
I like Nesson is my best poll for this one. I don't really know other local stations, but local stations do have a tendency to at least put the play of the game in early. I won't say that they kind of uh, throw around bad plays of the games and multiple plays of the games because I think maybe I'll see an offensive and a defensive play of the game or maybe a play of the game and a save of the game. Something along those lines where they really kind of divide up what type of play it was. That happens more in the smaller networks. And you would think they need the sponsorship. They would be the ones actually trying to do all these kind of, oh, play of the game in the first period with assurance life in auto insurance. Fucking, you can tell why I have all these sponsors. Boop, boop. Um, oh, yeah, uh, we're sponsored this week's episode. Not actually, but we're hopefully sponsored by Brooks, which is the shoe that I do run with, not Asics. But I would rather run with Asics if they give me money. If Brooks is, if neither gives me money, I'm just going to stick with Brooks because that's what I wear. But if one of them gives me money, I like them better. Politics. So that is, it's not politics, it's not, I don't even think it's business. I don't think any one word answer would have fit in there, but I like it. So that's that. Then you had the player of the game, which was Travis Connecting, which lines up pretty well. Uh, the highlight that I did not have in here that they, it's just another kind of funny, what, what are you doing, NHL, was, is that a duck? Is there a duck in here? That's oh. <laughs> nah, not getting edited out. There we go. So... <laughs> Legitimately, probably gonna sound like I shit my pants. I cannot wait to hear that. It's a soft pillow. It's a soft pillow. I didn't mean for it to sound like that, but it sounded bad. I did mean for it to sound bad, and I'm so glad it is. I can't wait to hear what that sounds like in editing. One of those people laughs at farts. So, uh, Hag. He's a Philadelphia Flyers player. I can't remember what his first name is. I want to say it started with an A, but I don't know. Hag had a hip check that, again, second period, was deemed hit of the game. Incredible. And you're probably thinking to yourself, wow, this must be a crazy hit. Uh, I did not have the replay because I was just so awestruck by the destruction that took place in this hit. Uh, but let me try to verbalize it for you. So there are two players, one of which was on the Philadelphia Flyers team. He was a defenseman, and he's skating backwards into his own zone. Then we have a Boston Bruins player who's on offense. He's trying to skate up the boards into that offensive zone or that defending player's defensive zone. Crazy. So they crossed the blue line, and no, it wasn't even across the blue line. It was somewhere in the neutral zone because it was along, I believe, the Philadelphia Flyers bench, boom, 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 where... Hag, yes, Hag comes in, sweeping like a hip check, which you don't see anymore. I'll give him that. This is why, you know, potential hit of the game, I understand. Hip check, old school. Especially when pulled off right, makes it, ooh, it hurts, gets you right in the knees, thighs, gut. Like, it's a hard hit to take. When it's done perfectly. Which hit of the game, here he comes. Ah, ah, ah. Backs right into whoever the Bruins player was into the legs and not you know I say legs as if he hit both equally with the same amount of power he really just kind of clipped the front leg 
and then the player almost, they did a nice evading move to kind of open the hips and move around the hip check coming in. This is going to, I don't know how to, man, we are breaking this down. So he's skating backwards. This is offenseman, defenseman. All right, skating backwards. So this offenseman turns his hips to try and get past Mr. Hip Checky Man. Hip check comes in. Let's just say that this knuckle is his hip because it's going to work out well. His hip comes right into the back of the front leg, a bit of the groin, and then like all the, all the other leg. And so you'd think, oh, wow, this is going to be a big, crazy hit. Now, what really happened was uh, this offensive man just kind of fell over. That's it. That's all that happened. Even full speed, which I don't have, unfortunately. I know I said, uh, well, you don't know that because I was in the first video. But I had mentioned in my first attempt at this that uh, Lausanne's punch really wasn't much of a punch. It was more just he was turning and he was already going fast, so it was more of a punch. Then I saw it live. He just, like, he turns around and, yeah, he's going super fast, so it's a smacks him right in the face. So it's not similar to that. Uh, I'm sure full speed it looked more like someone, you know, accidentally tripping over someone else's shoes. Uh, but with less of a stumble and more of a direct fall down. So that's that's how I would describe the hit of the game, which again came in the middle of the game. Then uh, finally, the last thing that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, there's probably a nice masturbation joke in there, but anyway. Uh, they show on... It's great. Hockey's a fast-moving game. A lot of, lot of things happening at once. So any information you can take in is going to help you, you know, anything to try and help break down the game as it's moving. It's a fast-paced game. So they show little statistics at the bottom, the tickers, um, and it's great. They'll, you know, have little phrases like when they'll at least tell you information. This one that I'm noting is uh, if a team were to score first in the game, first team to score, uh, they'll show the record of the team. But the leading phrase up to which team scores first is not, um, yeah, of course, that camera always just gives out at some point because it doesn't want to do the whole thing. So we're switching fully to this camera. This happened. This I was expecting. This I saw happening in the last video. And so now we're just going to kind of assume this camera's broken. But anyway, <laughs> this could be the start of the end here. Uh... The phrase they use when showing the record of the team after scoring the first goal is when score first, which again, it gets the point across. It like it it just sounds terrible. When score first, 25, 8, and 3. It's like, yeah, you uh, if someone you're watching it with someone that watches hockey, you'd be like, yeah, okay, that just means when they score first, they have the first goal. Again, I just said it fast like that. You could probably figure it out on the fly. But when you have those, when you're just making a sentence in a small box, why not just aim for proper uh, sentence structure? Like you could just do with first goal and then a record. Oh my goodness, what's that? You've just knocked it out of the park. Now they understand when this team gets the first goal. They know the record. Nitpicking, super. And it's, it makes absolutely zero difference at the end of the game. But if I could just type those little boxes, oh, I feel like I could just, 
have slightly better reading during a hockey game. It would be so much nicer to me to have proper grammar during live sports. How amazing would that be? Nah, we'll keep this one. We're not fucking swearing in. So that's that's my hockey rant. Super fun. They're really, you know, they're they're doing their best. I don't see officiating changing at all. Now that they've gotten rid of Tim Peel, it's like, okay, they're going to ignore that for a little while now. Uh, and by they, I mean the, the refs are saying that about the fans. So us, we're going to ignore the officiating, which I just want to keep in light. Tim Peel did basically nothing wrong other than just swore on the mic, which if you watch a hockey game, see how many swears happen. It's just harder to pinpoint them, and it doesn't usually... No, that's not true. Refs swear a lot, especially scrums on the board. Move the puck, move the puck, move the puck, puck, move that shit. I mean, they, they don't quite get move that shit in there, but they will. You watch it. Refs are quite vulgar. They have to be. I mean, they have to be the big... They're, they're officiating. It's like if you saw a little featherweight MMA official, what? That fight's never going to end. Those two guys are just going to kill each other. Uh, so, yeah, you get some pretty mean, hefty refs out there. They're these refs separate full-fledged fights. Like, they have to line brawls. You have refs in there just going, stop that, stop that, getting absolutely smoked. Look up, there are probably compilations out there. I don't have one off the top of my head. Look up refs getting, you could probably type in annihilated, you probably get a really good compilation, but uh, NHL refs interfering, you know, getting hit, physicality. These guys are big, big boys. They take up a lot. They're dealing with, dealing with some of the biggest athletes in the world and easily the fastest moving athletes in the world uh, like that's a silly one so like the collision at that speed uh although they're breaking up fights while they're standing still so speed doesn't make any difference anyway craziness i don't think nhl officiating is going to change too much other than i think we're going to see a lot more of those ghost calls uh just because i don't know i think that's going to kind of sweep this whole penalties being a big part of the game and the scoring opportunities, it'll, I think it'll just take some of people's thoughts. That's not the right word. Uh, they won't be able to focus on it as much if it's happening in between commercial breaks. So whereas some penalties would happen like right in the middle, so you're right in the middle of everything, you see someone get tripped, and it's not really a bad trip, but it's enough to get a call. And, you know, that can cause controversy just because of when it happens. If that happens at the end of the period, no one's really going to say that much. They're still going to say things, but in comparison, you know? So I think that's going to be, I think we're going to see a shift of penalties happening closer to TV timeouts, which kind of defeats, not defeats, but contradicts the whole firing of Tim Peel, where they're like, we want to get rid of even up calls. That's what I read online was the majority was they just didn't like his officiating style, which was a call to his gimme up call or even up calls and his fair gamesmanship as an officiate. Which I don't think that was the problem. I think the only problem was that he swore. And so they just had to cover it up somehow and had to make it seem like it was more about the penalties rather than just him swearing blatantly on TV. Uh, so, yeah, as much as I, th no, I don't even want penalties to change, and I don't think they will. Um, 
but I think that's what the NHL wants it to look like, like all these nice new officials are going to be coming in and it's going to be no more old school hockey. I don't know. I think that old school hockey is really what kind of got hockey to where it is. Uh, the last officiating thing uh, was there was, and it's actually there's a highlight goal using this uh, play, and then there is the actual correct call, which was kind of controversial in the Bruins game, mildly. It wasn't even that controversial because it didn't really make a difference. But you can look up, there was a play from Brad Marchand to David Pasternak, a pass. And I have this, I drew it all in here for the last shooting episode, whatever, uh, but because I then had time to adjust and correct myself, I have created dun, 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 this nice little, oh, glare, you piece of shit. You, uh, this nice little hockey board uh, to try and describe what happened in the best way possible. So, and this is, I actually nailed this, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try and break it down too much. So, uh, so icing is what happens when, let's just say, this is the Bruins end. Bruins, right there, that's the Bruins end. So they're attacking this way. Uh, so now, Pasternak is going to be the square when I draw a square down here. Uh, so the Bruins will be squares. The Flyers are going to be X's. All right, that's the most in-depth I'm about to get right here. So icing traditionally used to be if you send the puck from beyond the halfway line past the goal line, then if the defending team, so let's say in this case the Bruins sent it down, the Flyers are the first players to touch the puck after it's crossed the goal line. We heard that beep. That's that camera officially being a little shit. So we're going to give it, I can't give it a fuck you. Uh, we're going to give it a nice little go fuck yourself without coins. So they launch it in. Traditionally, icing was just first player to get to the puck. If the Flyers got to the puck, it was icing. If the Bruins got to the puck and touched it first, then it was no icing. That was old school icing. Now, new school icing. Uh, same starting point if you launch it from beyond the halfway line and you send it down. Let's just say, yeah, so we're going to draw an imaginary dotted line here. These are the hash marks in the face. You'll notice there are two face-off dots in each offensive zone. Uh, there are hash marks at the middle of those dots where the players line up for face-offs. The first player to cross those hash marks after the puck has crossed the goal line, that is essentially the same as touching the puck in the old school icing route. But in this new, you don't have to touch the puck. You don't even have to be near the puck. You just have to cross that line. Okay? Now, the Bruins have this play, and you can look it up. They did it against the Flyers two game or two days before Saturday. So Thursday is math. Uh, so they did this play where Marchand, Brad Marchand, takes the puck, and he looks like he's about to ice it. So he sends it in from about here, but he sends it cross-corner to this corner. And so he shoots it really hard off this corner. The puck bounces back out, and let's just say the puck bounces to about, and this is... Uh, really where it goes. The puck is 
basically on the hash mark on the circle, okay? On that lower hash mark, it's at the line where they have to get to, but it's coming back up ice. It's going up this way. So David Posternock is coming into the zone. He had just shot down his board side right here, and he was coming in to pick up the puck. He's about here, okay? It's a little high. He was actually in the circle, but he's towards the top of the circle. I just want to make it obvious that he's more, more far away. He's farther away than do, 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 do. I just want to make sure I get the lines right. So, this is very fun to see. You can see Pasternak's more towards the top of the circle, and it's close to the puck here. Whereas this defenseman for the Flyers is close to the hash mark, the dotted line here, but if he had to race to the puck, he's going to lose to Pasternak every time. Pasternak's already got the speed going towards the puck, whereas this player over here is coming, oh, he's coming up this way. He has to go down and then across, whereas Pasternak's picking the puck up in stride and coming down into net. If you followed the marker and not what I was saying, you're just as fucked up as I am because I was trying to do it off the screen. But so, this player on defense, instead of having to come across to a farther distance to get the puck, uh, he only has to go down to there, to this dotted line here. That's all he had to do. And that's exactly what he did against the Bruins, and the refs correctly called it icing, even though by the time the player, the Flyers player, had crossed the hash mark line, this imaginary icing line, when he did that, David Pasternak had the puck. But because David Pasternak was still far above this imaginary icing line, it was icing, because he did not beat the hybrid icing. So this was, it was very controversial. If anyone watches, uh, actually Jack Edwards was not the commentator for this. I was going to say Mike Emmerich, but he's gone. I don't even think it was um, Eddie Olchick. I don't, I genuinely don't know who the announcers were, but they both were very adamant that that shouldn't have been icing, which I agree with their sentiment, but they're, I mean, if you go by what the icing rules are, that was textbook icing call from the referees. And I actually, that's one of those things, I appreciate that. Because that's, if you're gonna switch from a great icing method to this garbage save players from injury method, live with the consequences. And you better play it right every time. Like, I want to see that call. I'm, I don't think so. Excuse me. But I'm pretty sure the first David Pasternak goal was technically uh, hybrid icing. Um, I, but I'd have to see that one again because I think it was the same thing. I think he just got the pass. He just touched the puck far sooner than the ref noticed that the other player had crossed the hybrid icing line. I'm not going to get the magnets out for that. It's, I described that pretty well verbally. So I think that if they keep that in, it's going to be a bitch to call, but I think if they do that right, that is... That's right. I mean, that's that's Pythagorean's theorem, man. You don't have to beat its triangles. I have it right here. I don't have to pick that one up again. It's triangles, man. 
He does not, or that's the puck, sorry. He does not have to get to the puck. He just has to get to this line. It's fun. Triangles, man. Triangles. Uh, it's in the shape of a triangle. It's the loosest. I'd, I really don't know what that connection was there. Um, so that's it for the NHL. I'll talk about baseball once it's the most exciting thing on TV, which is, what, June, July? Cool. Wait. Let's let's wait till then. I'm going to try and figure out all the commentators' names, though, so I can say nice things about them. Then uh, the only other thing was we were going to talk really quickly about a Netflix show called The Serpent. The Serpent, I think. I don't think it's called Serpent. The Serpent. It's about uh, Charles Sobrage. I probably should have kept this open. Charles Sobrage. Uh, he lived somewhere along the Silk Road. <sighs> you know, I'm just going to go with it. I don't think that's actually what it was. But it was this uh, hippie... That's what it's referred to. Yeah, hippie um, expedition trail. Uh, goes along like Kathmandu, Southeast Asia, basically. Uh, where, you know... I don't like saying affluent Americans because I'm pretty sure none of the... No, sorry, there was an American girl who was a victim. But uh, most are just backpackers, uh, European backpackers. And then, yeah, there are a couple Americans, Australians. Yeah, I don't want to... I don't know why. They're just backpackers. They're just coming in. They're like, oh, what's this Southeast Asia Silk Road route like? And then they meet Charles Sabraj, a.k.a. Alan Gautier, that's his name, yep. He shows them a good time, great time, and then he just makes sure that they never want to leave there again. And by never want to, I mean never are able to physically leave there again. Uh, it's a great show. He either poisons them or just... Actually, I think he poisons all of them before just flat out killing them. But he, yeah, he's just a messed up dude. And then uh, he gets... No, sorry. Spoiler alert here. I, I'm going to do this better this time because I'm going to give some stuff away. He just gets away with it. You know, they're like, yeah, this this guy, he's... We don't have anything good on him. Shucks. Uh, so they just let him run away. Not really. Uh, you watch the show. Stuff happens to him. But not as much stuff as you'd hope. Uh, there are some... It's great acting... Yeah, yeah, it's great acting all around. Uh, definitely some weaker characters in there, but what show doesn't have them? Uh, then you have the uh, the main thing I wanted to say on the acting was uh, from AJ, who's the accomplice, and Dominique a little bit, but that's a different story. AJ, you... It's not that you want to feel bad for him, but you can tell that's what he wants you to think the whole time. Like, oh, it was just a bit. No. He is just a little cock nugget the whole show through. And, oh, it's just so... I don't, yeah, I don't want to give anything away. But it is, it is a nice little show. I guess there isn't really much of a redemption to him. You kind of assume that he has what's coming to him delivered to him. That's what, I think that's where the show lives. I don't think they actually definitively say what happens to him. But, yeah, messed up show. They also have some of the dumbest neighbors ever. Um, they're, it's, you know, Nadine and Remy. They're a nice people. 
but my goodness. So again, spoiler alert, uh, Nadine decides after she discovers what her neighbor is, uh, this Charles Sobrage, Alan Gautier, I think she actually knew him as, but anyway, she, she finds out what he is, but she's not 100% sure, so she kind of wants to do some digging, investigating. Um, and then after he had been arrested, she thought, she's like, you know what? I'm going to go check out his place. Because, again, neighbors, they live near each other. She can just kind of figure this out. She can see his place. She has eyes on the windows, at least, the front area. So, you know, direct approach, you'd think, would be the way to go in this situation. Um, again, let me set this up. They have been arrested. These people, she does not believe them to be at the apartment. She is alone in her apartment with her, uh, I don't think they're married, but they're her partner, Remy. And again, they've just freaked out about this guy. They just found out what he was. So they've just been freaking out together. They just, again, they think he's been arrested. The key word there is think. They just have it. They're like, we're pretty sure. That's all. Then after that, she sees a light flashing in his apartment, and she's like, instead of calling the police, which I understand they're on his side, so it's a tentative call anyway, but instead of phoning for help elsewhere, I'm going to leave my spouse or partner, whoever, whatever relationship they have at that point, I'm going to leave him in the shower, which... I know we're all thinking if ever a home intruder were to come into my house, I would want to be in the shower. That is spot number one where I have all my weapons ready to go and I feel most comfortable. In the shower. So she leaves him and she's like, I'm going to go check out this place where I think I just saw people in this building which potentially is the home to a murderer. Okay? This is what's going through her head. I'm going to go check that out. I'm going to leave this safe place with locks and windows which I can see and monitor uh, and have pretty good feel for what is in this environment so that if, you know, blows come to blows, I am in home territory. No, 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 no. Leave this place. Walk to this killer's apartment alone. Leave whoever is in the shower in the shower. Now walk there, and don't take the fastest approach. Take your time. You don't want to walk directly to this building where all your neighbors could witness you walking up to another neighbor's door. No, no, no. Walk around the back where no one knows you are. So if you go missing, everyone's like, yeah, we know. Walk around the back and then just go directly onto his property and stand there, just kind of saunter up to his back door. Is it open? Are they here? I don't know. Nadine? So yeah, she walks around, uh, and again, spoiler alert, she's fine. Huh. She makes it out of there, uh, but she runs right into AJ, and I don't believe Charles was there, but he was on his way back. And AJ made sure, made very sure, that Nadine knew, that they knew Nadine had been the one to tip them off to the police. So again, a lot of spoilers in there. It doesn't actually give away 
anything. You know he's the bad guy the whole way through, and it's just a matter of time of everyone realizing. So I'm not giving away a ton, but I'm giving away enough that you're like, that's not giving shit away. Fuck you. So that's that. Watch The Serpent. It's very good. Very sneaky show. Uh, and I mean, it shows you more about the international laws and really how not out of touch but uh, out of sync that's not a good word how disconnected all the different countries laws and really law upholding skills were that's uh, it's based in the 80s, 70s 80s so uh, probably not the best indicator of what uh, Southeast Asian travel and tourism is like today, but I'm probably going to be steering clear of the Silk Road from now on. At least a few more, a few more years until I forget about this. Uh, that is all I can think of now. I am hopefully going to be having a guest. What? I know a guest here soon. Uh, I'm hopefully going to be able to cut this down to fuck off 40 minutes. Yeah, we'll cut this out somewhere. I'll find a way to make this less than 40 minutes. Okay. Otherwise, uh, happy April 14th, 12th to everybody. And Cincy Jungle Thaddeus Moss just got traded to the Bengals. <laughs> Fuck yourselves. Thaddeus Moss. You better be Randy's. Son of Randy. Good. That's fine. Alright. That's allowed. Good job, Thaddeus. You nailed it. You have a cool name. Cooler dad. Happy day.